Hello everyone and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri. We are joined, of course, by Allison Aletha. Allison, just got back from camping. How are you? I am so tired, but it was a good weekend. I had a really good time. I'm totally sunburnt and dirty. <laughs> well, we we appreciate you uh, making time to, to come on the cast before you went and take a shower. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that, Allison. Uh, we're also joined by David Wayne Nystrom, of course, the uh, the author of The Era Without a Hero, and a, uh, a very good uh, prison tour, as it were, and uh, linked over to Zelda CreatorCon. I think right. that uh, I stopped and listened for a while, and I think that a lot of our listeners did too. How are you doing, David? Doing good, doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, you know, it's not dirty, so that's, that's good. <laughs> uh, feeling fresh. Uh, feeling fresh uh, and ready to go. Uh, I thought that smell was you, that's all. <laughs> yeah we you know we've actually got we got a lot to to get into today a lot more than i thought that we had um of course today david allison and i are here to answer all of the questions that you guys asked over on facebook of course that is at the champions cast facebook page we uh we put the the challenge out there ask us anything and we will respond on the show and we're going to get into that today but before we get there, gang, I feel like I have to uh, I have to make an amendment uh, to last week's show where we talked about stealth in the Legend of Zelda series. I feel like we absolutely snubbed one of the best stealth segments in the entire series, and uh, I, I have to correct that. So I'll give you I'll give all the listeners here a little bit of a spoiler next week. We are going to be uh, definitively ranking all of the dungeons from The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Now, I was playing A Link Between Worlds, mm. and I was getting to the Dark Palace, and there is an awesome cell section in there that, like, all of us completely forgot about. Do you guys, like, do you remember what I'm talking about here? I know exactly what you're talking about, because I watched that part on the marathon, and I was like, oh yeah, I haven't got there yet in my most recent playthrough, and I'd forgotten about it, yeah. Yeah, actually, same. I saw it at the marathon, and I haven't gotten to it yet as well in my playthrough, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, dang. Yep, we forgot some things. <laughs> so this this is awesome. It's an awesome setting. So basically, you're sneaking through uh, a maze-like courtyard, and um, you have, I don't know, guards everywhere? I don't, I don't even know what they are. There's some kind of guards or some kind of moblins or something. And they have these, like, really ominous-looking... Uh, red field of vision lights coming from their eyes, and if they catch you, they throw you in jail, and of course you can merge into the wall to get out of jail. But it's a, it's a great section. It's like, it's really dark. Um, it, the, there's some cool music. There's a lot to get in there. There's a piece of heart. There's a couple of the, the Mai Mai's hidden around there. I don't know how we forgot this section, but it's it's fantastic. And, and I think, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but like, I think it's just like, the link between worlds curse for me where like i think it's a really solid game i think it's a great game actually i really like a link between worlds but i feel like as soon as i'm done playing a link between worlds i like i forget like almost everything about it i don't know why it's so forgettable to me and it shouldn't be because it's great usually you say forgettable and it's a bad thing but like it's a great game so i yeah i don't know how we forgot it and i don't know why i never think of a link between worlds you know yeah. what? Um, oh. Now that I'm thinking about it too, did we not talk about the first dungeon as one of our intro dungeons in that episode? No, we totally, <laughs> we totally forgot that I too. I was literally thinking that as I was going through it yesterday, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh man, this is a fantastic intro dungeon," and we didn't talk about it. Yep. Yeah, that, that's hilarious because I wrote down on my dungeon list. I was like, "Great intro dungeon, definitely got snubbed." <laughs> that's so fantastic. We, we did. We did a Link Between Worlds dirty not one week, but two weeks in a row uh, here on the Champions Cast. I think we'll make up for it next week, though. Oh, God. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just a super solid game. I'm really looking forward to talking about the dungeons next week with Tony. Uh, of course, you know, Tony, low rule legend, I'm sure has a lot to say about Link Between Worlds. So uh, hopefully we'll give, uh, we'll give that game its due finally next week. But this week guys we have a lot of zelda questions to get into here i count almost 30 so um Jeez. i guess should we should we just uh should we get going here should we get at it yes let's do all it all right 
Let's one go. last plug. This is from the Champions Cast Facebook page, which you can check out in the uh, in the show notes over on ZeldaDungeon.net. Make sure that you're liking, following. There's tons of great clips that are being uploaded to there. Um, of course, we got uh, we got new new content, new episodes going up on there as well. So make sure that you're liking and following the page. And uh, you know, maybe one day I'll just pop in and do a Facebook Live AMA. And uh, we won't record it; it'll just be a thing that'll exist there. So. You'll have to be following and liking the page to uh, to get there. So that being said, let's uh, let's get rocking and rolling here. Uh, our first question comes from Alexander. He asks, if you could completely forget one Zelda game, what would you most like to replay and re-experience? David, what do you think? Well, all right. So I would have to say probably Link's Awakening, but with the caveat that the experience is on the Switch, not the original. I'm a huge fan of the original. It's in my top three. Um, and I played it hours on end on on my Game Boy Color. I had the, the Link's Awakening DX, and I played it endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. And part of that was because I always forgot how to save in that version. It was like you had to press Start and Select and AB at the same time. It was wonky. So I always had to restart the game if I ever wanted to play it. <laughs> um but you know this was you know you know eight nine year old version of me, so I would love to, as much as I love that game, you know that is that has so much nostalgia to me, that has so much influence on me as far as my love of the series. So I would love to you know it would be awesome to be able to have that fresh take on the Switch version, which I hot take maybe question mark, not as big a fan of. If that were the, the definitive edition, it would be lower on my ranking than when I consider the original and the slash the DX version. Right. So I, I would say Link's Awakening. All right. Allison, what about you? 100% Breath of the Wild. Like, the first time playing that game is so, it's just so mind-blowing that I would just love to go back and re-experience that all over again and to be honest like every time i play that game i still discover new things but but hell like the first time you play it it was so fantastic i'd just love to go through that all over again it it would be great you know i'm, I'm surprised that you said that actually because i kind of feel the same thing like every time you play breath of the wild it's almost like a new experience um so i wouldn't pick that one actually the game that i would pick would be skyward sword to just replay and like re-experience that story once again i'll never forget going through and playing and getting to like that that one moment where like zelda is is sealing herself away and links chasing after oh my god that was just fantastic you right in the feels Uh, first time i I would i would love to uh, i'm not not for me actually the shout out to the ending of final fantasy 9 but you know (laughs) it's uh it was a fantastic moment i would love to be able to re-experience that again um, all right, let's move on. Nicholas uh, asks, shout out to Nick from our wiki team, asks, uh, what new mechanic do you think Breath of the Wild 2 might bring to the table? And he goes on to list examples such as like time travel or instruments or changing size. Um, you know, I think, and there's a question somewhere in this list that I noticed earlier, but I think that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to have some kind of dark world or like an alternate version of Hyrule. And I maybe not dark world, but like, something like that where it's going to be kind of the same but it's going to be different and uh, i think that they'll be able to reuse like the same assets from breath of the wild using this but then be able to create a unique experience if they kind of twist it and and warp it and turn it into a dark world so i think that that's the direction that they are going to take what about you guys um, I think I said something a few weeks ago along the lines of, and I could be totally wrong quoting myself. Sometimes I forget half the stuff I say, but <laughs> I think I said something that had to do with like Fire Emblem Three Houses, the time element in that game where you could um, maybe be a little bit more strategic in a Zelda game. And if you take a wrong move, you could kind of go back and correct that move, go back in time and correct that move. I think that'd be something kind of cool because like, you know, combat in Zelda games is, is fun and great, but sometimes it could just get a little bit boring, especially in Breath of the Wild. You just, 
one Bokoblin camp after another. It'd be fun to be a little bit more strategic in a Zelda game besides just boss battles. Hmm. Um, I would... I, well, okay, so I wrote a whole thing comparing, talking about what Breath of the Wild 2 could do, could take from Zelda 2, um, because as much as much dislike as that game gets, it did bring a lot of things that we still see in the games today um, to the table. And magic, I think just, and this is, you know, not necessarily a new mechanic, but it'd be new to the Breath of the Wild world, but bring us some magic. And, and with that magic, you know, go ahead and bring in some of those spells like that we saw in, in Zelda 2 or in previous games you could take that and they could manipulate it into something unique for Breath of the Wild's world easily, especially with what's going on in the story-wise, in the storyline at that time and everything. All right, so Alexander is back with another question. He asks, do you think that the Legend of Zelda series has helped to shape your life in a large way as far as how you treat others or think about the world around you? Any key moments that has had this effect? Um... I would, I would say not so much in like how I treat others or think about the world, but it certainly affected my life in, in a way that like, you know, a lot of my best friends are now from this website and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's given me a whole other community of friends and actually like really like Zelda led me to Zelda dungeon, which led me to doing a lot of stuff, um, you know, with, with our site and like kind of gaining some skills with that, which basically translated into what is now my full-time job. So uh, yeah, I would say that the series indirectly shaped my life in a big way. What about you guys? Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent. Yes, I named my daughter Zelda. I <laughs> um, it is it has undoubtedly been the biggest source of inspiration creatively to me for over twenty years now. Uh, I mean, it's yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, and as far as how I treat others, I mean, I going something that goes back you know over two-thirds of my life i can't say that it i I have to say that it somehow probably affected it in some ways and absolutely key moments because you know i remember you know breath of the wild to me will always be timed with you know exiting the military and going into civilian work and the birth of my son was about the same time that was the first game i played after he was born so uh, yes (laughs) absolutely um, I'm kind of the same where it hasn't shaped anything that I project, like how I treat people or how I see things, but it's definitely shaped my life in at least the last seven years, I want to say. And it's funny that David brings up exiting the military because I got back into the Zelda series in my last year of the military, which was a really, really rough year for me. So like it helped me in a lot of ways and it and like Andy said it's helped me reach a friend group that I never thought I could find a bunch of people who are actually interested in what I have to say you know um versus like the people that are around me in real life are like okay whatever Allison's talking about Zelda again but like I know that I have this place here because of the Zelda series and I think that's like a super magical and like positive happy thing so I think it's affected my life in that way at least Allison, I have some bad news for you. Oh, God, what? Lot, lots of the times I'm just like, oh, God, she's talking about Zelda. No! <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to ruin the last seven years, all my <laughs> thoughts and feelings. Thank you. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Cad uh, Vadam is over on Facebook, and she asks, if you could run any shop in Hyrule, what would you run, and what would be your special product for the hero? This is where you can tell that probably none of us prepared any answers for this but <laughs> by god, god uh i would i would run a, a flight shop with tickets to rupee land as my <laughs> special product. oh that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> wow well then then i'm gonna say i'm gonna run a map shop and it's gonna be my stunningly good looks in green tights oh god <laughs> oh, I was, uh, I was actually kind of thinking of this before we got up to the question, but something that I've just found really funny lately is the shop that you can steal from in Link's Awakening, and you come back and just totally get obliterated by the shop owner. I want to be that guy. Your special power could just be, like, being the most destructive force in all of uh, Zelda's universe. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's me right question, there. Question, Cap. All right, let's, uh, let's keep it going here. 
Nathan asks, if there was anything in the Zelda universe you could undo, what would it be and why? I am going to say the official Zelda timeline that splits into three pieces. And I think that, I think that Nintendo would undo this if they could, because I think that they regret putting it out. And I, I think that they, like, you can very clearly see with Breath of the Wild, they were like, we don't care. It doesn't matter. Here's a new game, which has elements of everything. I don't know. I, I just like, first of all, I feel like the timeline is like, who cares? You know, for me, cause it's, maybe that's a, a minority opinion but it's like who cares when everything happens like you can you can kind of piece it together if you really want but at the same time too like it doesn't matter each one of them is their own self-contained story you know you have their own defined start and finish um i i still think that like the the three different timelines is silly to me uh it, it's just not my it's not my thing it's like it's over explaining something that I don't think needed to ever be explained. I think it was a fun little mystery for the people that were into it. And for the majority of people that just didn't care, it was just like, okay, uh, what? There's three different timelines, huh? What? So I would get rid of the timeline. Uh, Banish it. Uh, Done. I mean, I actually like the timeline, but I, I don't want to be that schmuck who's like, get rid of you know, Adventure of Link, because it's a garbage game. No, I'm, I'm not going to say that. But <laughs> I really like I really like everything in the Zelda universe because it's shaped how it is now. But I think I would have... I would fix, like, the limited accessibility to certain games, like uh, Four Swords Adventures and, um, you know, stuff like that. Stuff that, like, that we could get our hands more on more easily nowadays than, you know, even back then it was such a hassle. So I would change stuff right. like that so that more people could enjoy those things that we, you know, that we get to have get to enjoy at the marathon, or like the limited access to the CDI games because those are fantastic, obviously. So that's what I would change. Okay, Andy, I'm surprised you didn't say the uh, the art style of Twilight Princess, but uh... <laughs> uh, you know, some some people like it, and <laughs> that's that's good for them. They're wrong. But they like it. <laughs> Um, I would have to say I'm not, I'm not gonna axe an entire game, but I think the decision in some games. Uh, Al, you mentioned the um, you mentioned Zelda two. I don't dislike Zelda two. What I dislike is some of the way some of the gameplay mechanics. I think were so so radically different than the first Zelda game. I wish that they would have done something more traditional or, I mean, I I don't know if you can call it traditional after one game, but more similar to it that would have, that would then make that game more, more accessible and more well-liked, more well-respected. Because I think there's a lot of good things in that game. I just think that it's gameplay being so much, so different from the rest of the series, mostly retrospectively is really why it's so you know, so disliked. So. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's move on. Philip has uh, two questions here, and I've answered the first, so I'll let you guys go. He asks, do you think that there will be a dark world in Breath of the Wild 2? Um, what do you think? No, not really. I don't, I don't really think so, but I like the concept that Andy has been pitching for the last year or so. And I think it would be fun if it was that way, but I'm really just hoping for a different map entirely. So I don't know if I don't know if I'm down for the for thinking they'll do a dark world. I think it'll be more of a dark world, maybe in the sense of a link between worlds, where it's there's because if I remember correctly, I'm only about halfway through that playthrough. But isn't the the dark world in that is really segmented compared to Hyrule, yes. which is completely connected? I think that's what you might see. Where it, so there's sections that you can go down, but they can only be accessed in certain places on the overworld. Maybe that's right. how they would do that. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it would it would function um, similarly to Metroid Prime Two Echoes, where which is kind of like a link between worlds, where like you go and you have um, like certain segmented sections that you can get to, and those exist in in the dark world, but like. There's not like a room for room mirror of the of the light world in the dark world, so I, I think that that will, um, you know, that's my theory for what will happen. Uh, Philip also asks, how tall 
do you think this version of Ganondorf will be compared to Link? Hang on, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get my ruler out and go question. watch the trailer. No. <laughs> uh. I, f- I feel like he doesn't look that tall, comparatively speaking. I think it's so funny. I saw if a... that's Ganondorf. I, I saw a post one day and it was just so funny. Um, they made a comment about how Ganondorf literally keeps getting bigger and bigger with every game that he comes in. So I would like him to be at least two links tall. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I hope it's there like I hope it's like he's a little taller than Twilight Princess version compared to Link, but not like not like demise to Link, but like somewhere in between there maybe. Yeah, I'm, I I don't really care to be honest. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next. This is a this is a wicked question from Melanie, Oof. and I'm just gonna read this verbatim. I do not think Ocarina of Time is in the top three Zelda games. I have tried playing it many times, but I always lose interest at the Forest Temple. I think that Twilight Princess is better. So, why do you think that Ocarina of Time is better than Twilight Princess, or even Breath of the Wild and Skyward Sword? I've heard the graphics argument before, but it's not enough in my opinion. Uh, I will admit that the intro to Twilight Princess and Lakebed Temple suck, though. Also, do you think that they should add multiplayer elements to Breath of the Wild 2? Uh, so I'm going to answer the second part of that question just with a simple no. I don't think that they should add multiplayer. Same. Uh, I just don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't like multiplayer in Zelda. Uh, that's not true, actually. I do like multiplayer in Zelda, but it has to be... It, in a certain setting, it works well, and I, I don't think Breath of the Wild 2 is, is the setting for that. Yeah. But let's answer Melanie's main question here. So why, why do you think that Ocarina of Time is better than Twilight Princess? Now... I mean, of course, it all boils down to, to personal preference, right? Like, it's just a preference thing. So, like, if, if someone is telling me that Twilight Princess is their absolute favorite Zelda game, I mean, that's a fact. That's their favorite Zelda game. And there are lots of reasons that you should love Twilight Princess. It has great dungeons. It has great items. It has great boss fights. However, the reason that I think that Ocarina of Time is not only the best Zelda game in the series, uh, but basically just the best game ever, is, you know, it, it plays so smoothly and you have to keep in mind too that like when ocarina of time came out in 1998 it basically completely revolutionized the way that 3d games were being played in a certain way kind of like mario 64 did you know there are some innovations that ocarina of time made that basically became overnight staples in in the video game industry such as um, lock-on targeting such as context sensitive button mapping um, such as just auto jumping movements like that so I think that like the gameplay of it is just so incredible. I think that it has um, just a really whimsical and uh, really nice graphical style and aesthetic. I think that the story is really nice. The story is like self-contained, and there's a lot of great characters, but it also informs the Zelda series lore on the, on the bigger side. Um, I think that each and every dungeon in Ocarina of Time is fantastic. I think that the worst dungeon from Ocarina of Time is probably better than a lot of other games best dungeon so i i just think that i think it's the complete package you know with iconic music it has uh, great boss battles great items a lot of items that were brought into 3d for the first time it's uh it's the complete package i think there's there's just something so timeless about it so that is why i think that uh, that it's the best yeah i would 100 percent agree with that it's just and it kind of depends on your age and when you came into the Zelda universe, but I pretty much think that the majority of Zelda fans came in with Ocarina of Time, and that has become, like, the staple, the standard, the bar at which all Zelda games are are kind of rated against, in my opinion. So, you know, Twilight Princess, if you ask certain people, is pretty much a carbon copy of Ocarina of Time, but Ocarina of Time still did it better. So that's why I think it's better than Twilight Princess. Ditto, ditto. I, I mean, I, I, I've, yeah. There's nothing really I could add to that other than, no. There's really nothing else I could add to it. Yeah, I, Ocarina of Time is my favorite. You know, it does. It has that complete package. It, you know, it has outstanding gameplay. Even the going back and playing on the N64. It's to me, which is what I still play it on. It's, it's flawless. Like I don't have. I can't fault it for anything that it did or does. Like it just, yeah, no, that, yeah, I, I've got no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I could make the argument. So you know, 
we've been doing the definitive rankings over on the site. Like, I, I think I could make the argument for every single category to be five out of five in that game. And I and I think I I could believe that if I were to go ahead and say that. So, yeah, I, I think that it's great. But, I mean, like, if you, you know, if, if it's not in your top three Zelda games, it's not in your top three Zelda games. Um, and that's fine. You know, we're, we're going to get to something in a little bit, actually, which is kind of, uh, kind of related to this. So maybe I'll save it for them. But, uh, you know, there's no wrong answer for, for where you're, you know, you rank your Zelda games. If, uh, you know, if your reasoning is you don't like it because it's ugly or your reasoning is you don't like it because it's too old, like that's, that's totally fine. So there you go. Uh, let's move on and, uh, let's get to, uh, Kindra, 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 I'm sorry. Kindra asks, should the story of a future Legend of Zelda title revolve more closely around Link's relationships, like a more apparent love interest in, for him or something? A story that is more emotionally raw from both Link's perspective and from the perspective of other characters would be fascinating. Um, you know, I don't disagree with this. I think that, although, to be fair, I think that the last two, like, really mainline Zelda games in Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild did, like, revolve around his relationships fairly closely. Um, you know, in, in with Zelda in both of those games and then in Breath of the Wild with Mipha as well. Um, so more so... And, and I'm totally fine with that, but I think more so than like an apparent love interest, I just want, I just want a really good story, like a really, a return to the kind of storytelling that we saw in Skyward Sword, which uh, which really resonated with me. So that's the that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I think as long as the story of the game calls for it, like if it is, if it is, if it makes sense within that story of the game, absolutely go for it. Yes, I you know I would not object to it in any way. Um, if it's, but I don't want it to be something that's forced. I don't want it to be like, well, okay, there's a lot of people wanting to see Link and Zelda finally get together, so let's just do it. I don't want them to do right. it just to do it. I want them to do it in a way that makes sense with the story. Yeah, I would agree with that. I've always been kind of like, eh, when it comes to like love interests in Zelda games, but it would be interesting to see, um, Maybe you to get along more with, like, NPCs, have Link, like, do tasks for them and befriend them and, like, that kind of thing. It would be kind of cool to, um, you know, build relationships in different ways than the main circle of characters. I've also always really wanted to see a storyline where maybe Ganondorf was, like, a friend in the trio at first and then something like cataclysmic happens and he turns evil and like just how much emotion and like how like that would fate that would uh shake link to become the hero and he would have to like hurt his or That'd be awesome. like destroy oh, yeah. his friend wouldn't that be so cool i'd love that kind of relationship because that that gets me you know that's a feels kind of kind of like batman gordon harvey dent yeah, harvey dent becomes exactly. two-face and Two-Face. And Two-Face. Oh, love it. Sounds great. So I would love uh, to see something like that. That would be spectacular. Yeah, I would I would, I would. would buy that game. Let's move on. Gray Davis asks, have you guys ranked the Ganon fights like you did the Ridley fights on Omega Metroid? That would be a fun episode. Uh, so first of all, if you haven't, go and check out the Omega Metroid mm-hmm. podcast over on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, second of all, Gray... This is such a good idea that I'm going to steal it, and you will see this episode very soon. Love it. So shout out to you for suggesting that. Uh, All right. David Lasby, our newest member of the writing team, asks, Do you think we will finally get a return of the Minish in Breath of the Wild 2? And can we get a Minish champion? Uh, What do you you guys think about this? Um, I I doubt it. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be a neat little thing, or maybe not if they if they don't appear directly. Maybe like have some sort of Link finds a carving and there's clearly Minish on it, or you know maybe there was a Minish champion at one point ages ago or something like that. That would be kind of neat, but I don't think we'll see actual Minish or anything like that. Any, I don't think yeah, I don't think we'll see that in this. I, I also agree. I don't think we well, I don't think we would see a Minish champion, but there are plenty of other like um uh races and species in Breath of the Wild that aren't don't have a, like a central champion kind of deal either. So, it would be kind of fun to see more different uh species and races return including the Minish and any others. 
to be honest um <laughs> you know kind of come full circle like uh also like the magma would be cool to come back kickley's anything would yeah. be awesome to come back because it's such a massive world i mean how can you not have some of the stuff that we've had before you know so i'd love to see that you know, I would I would like to see the Minish come back, but I think that the chances of that are pretty much zero. And I I actually don't know that we really need them to. I think that they have a really nice self-contained story in the Minish cap. And like, you know, the the whole thing about the Minish is that they're they're small and that they exist and that when things are perfect that you you don't know that they actually exist in the world around you. So like I think that the most I might want to see is like I don't know, maybe like a small little easter egg reference to the Minish in the next game. Maybe like kind of how um, in the Minish cap you see Deepwood Shrine and it's it's really just like this tiny little little blip on the map. When you shrink down, it's this huge dungeon. So maybe like, maybe just something like that where you can see something small that like might be a Minish uh, dwelling, if you will. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that they need to come back. I don't think that a Minish champion would really fit the theme of what they're going for. And... Uh, you know, as much as I would like that, I'm, I'm okay with the story that was told in the Minish Cap. So there you go. Uh, let's move on. Nicholas asks, do you think Breath of the Wild 2 will introduce new monsters to battle whilst traveling across Hyrule? I would say almost, this, this is almost a certainty that there's going to be more enemy variety in Breath of the Wild 2. I feel like if they if they just had like the same Moblins and Lizalfos and, and everything... Um, that would be pretty disappointing. I wasn't one of the people that was really upset by the lack of enemy variety in Breath of the Wild, but I know that those people are out there. Uh, so I, I think that like almost almost assuredly, there's going to be more variety in terms of the enemies that you battle. Yep. I would, yeah, I would say so too. I, it'd be fun. You know, we always get stuff that comes back, but I'd love to see some new things and like new things that could come back in future Zelda games. You know what I mean? So it's always really right. cool to see something new in Zelda and be actually be like, wait, 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 what is that? It's not something we've ever seen before over the last 30 years. So, yes, I'd love to see new enemies in Breath of the Wild 2. All right. This one comes from uh, Allison's alt account named Brad. I have one question uh, after listening to the stealth episode. How has Andy not watched Avatar, The Last Airbender? <laughs> okay, now I get it. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know, Brad. I just, I never did. What can I say? I watched one episode. I watched the first episode. And uh, I don't think that Sam was interested in watching anymore. Andy, Andy, you're not alone. You've actually watched one more episode of uh, Avatar than I have. Oh. Oh my so. god oh nice and i and right. i do what i do watch anime i do watch some anime all right and i, I just i never got around to it remember a few minutes ago when i was like oh my gosh these guys are my best friends now i take that all back <laughs> <laughs> i'm cutting you off right now uh you know what? i did i did make sam watch princess mononoke on friday night and she watched it for about 45 minutes and then fell asleep that is such a legend of zelda movie oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sure. Man, it, it had been a while since I watched that, and I was just, uh, I was just like stunned again by not only the beautiful world, but like just the, like how Zelda it is. Like they even have little Koroks in that movie, or basically Koroks. But uh, that's a discussion for another day. Let's move on. This is a really great question. I think this one comes from Paul, and he asks, "What's a more important IP, Mario or Zelda? Your personal answer, and an answer that you think Nintendo would give." Oof. This is a great question. So uh, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one if you don't mind, Go guys. Go for it. Go, yeah. I think that Nintendo would say that both are equally as important as the other. And you know what? That's that's actually probably the right answer as well. It's probably true. But I think that they would say that they're both, you know, uh, on par with each other. And uh, they'd probably say that about every series, how every series is as important as the next in Nintendo. Um, so I think that would be their official answer. But... You know, I, I I think that the more important IP for Nintendo is, is obviously Mario. Like, that's their cash cow. That's their bread and butter. That's it's that's the franchise, right? Like, that's the most iconic video game character in the history of video games ever, bar none. But I will say that for the last, definitely over the last 10 years, I've noticed that you see almost as much Zelda merchandise now as you do Mario merchandise, which is, like, a, a, a complete 
turnaround from where it was, I would say, 15 years ago. And, uh, you know, Zelda Zelda is is catching up to Mario in terms of, of sales in some of the, uh, the latest games that have come out. So, I, and I think that it attracts a different, older audience than the Mario games typically do. So, I, you know, I, I think that if you had to, if you had to pick them, like Mario is probably the more important IP. Mario is definitely the more important IP, but I think that Zelda has done a decent job closing that gap in the last decade. I feel I, like- I think you're spot on with what Nintendo would say because I think they look at the look at it probably as two sides of the same coin. You, you, for every Mario, there is a Zelda. You have to have that kind of balance right. there. And but I personally I. If 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 money is the bottom line, Mario. If if heart and soul, and I'm not calling Mario games heartless, but if you played Super Mario Party on the Switch, you might know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there has been a lot more care and effort and thought put into Zelda than Mario games as of late. Now, I have not played Paper Mario yet, the newest one, so maybe there's more there. But I feel. I feel like Mario is such a, okay, we need a game here. Let's slap Mario on it. Cool. Now it's a Mario sports game. Now it's a Mario tactics game. Now it's a Mario whatever game. It's become, he's become as iconic as he is. He's become a little less, a little less, a little more soulless. I, I, I I don't like that term for it, but I don't know what else to describe it as. Uh, whereas Zelda, you know, it's not, you're not getting a, you know, a Zelda cart, you know, you're not getting Super Zelda Party, which, I mean, maybe this would be fun, maybe this would be cool, that's a discussion for another time, but it would be, it's a totally different vibe, and so I think my, my answer is, if I'm, it depends on the context of the question, if it's about, if you're wondering about, you know, the, the bottom line, if that's the concern, then Mario. You have to. You, I'd say you'd have to favor Mario in that. If it's more about making an impact in a in a gamer's life and things like that, I would put my money behind Zelda. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Al? I'm kind of um I'm kind of in the same boat, but I was thinking this more along the lines of how how tightly Nintendo holds on to their IPs. Um, I feel like they're a little bit looser handed with Mario. They have a oh way yeah, oh, yeah. like yeah. Yeah. A, a I can't say a bad word here but like an f ton of <laughs> <laughs> Mario games spin off Mario games spin off Mario character games merchandise third party party games that have Mario references or even Mario in them whereas Zelda they are so tightly leashed with Zelda and I could be wrong about this correct me if I am that like I feel like Cadence of Hyrule was like a shock to me because they let somebody else use Zelda characters. I mean I know they did that with Hyrule Warriors and stuff like do like that too. But I was just like, oh wow, that this is like something different that we haven't seen from Zelda in like ever to me. And like I said, you could correct me if I'm wrong and be like, no, look at this game. But like that was for me like a big step for Nintendo to do because now I feel like we'll see Zelda and Zelda references and a lot more stuff. Probably not on the same par as Mario ever, but getting up there. So that's how I was thinking about how important the IP is, is how much Nintendo holds on to it. So I feel like Zelda is a little bit more important than Mario is. Yeah, great answers and uh, and a great question from Paul. Uh, let's move on. David, this question is pretty much just for you. Cassie asks, how do fellow Zelda-playing parents balance responsibilities and game time? Well, I mean, you just got to tell your kid to suck it up. No, no. <laughs> um, hey, this is this is so much bigger than just asking, you know, than Zelda play. This is just gaming in general. Like, me as a gamer, sometimes, some things have to get sacrificed, whether it's – and I'm that, that sounds kind of harsh, but it's – you know, luckily my, my son is at the age where he can play games too. He plays games with us, you know. So when I'm playing a Zelda game, usually – He's right there with me watching us play. He was there with us every step of the way through Breath of the Wild, pretty much through all 900 Korok seeds both times. You know, it was, it's, it is, if you can involve them in it, 
absolutely go for it. Do it. And then just learn how to, you know, okay, okay, we're only going to play for an hour today. So, you know, play for an hour and then shut it off. And then, you know, I've had to, you know, we've had, we've had issues with, our, with my son needing up, you know, acting out. And so what are we going to punish him with? Well, it's going to be less game time. And you know, that makes an impact. So I guess it's, it's, you know, this gets really into parenting styles and all that fun stuff, but it's, it is, it's, if you can, the best thing I can say is if you can have them there with you, do it. If there's games that you want to play that you're not comfortable with them watching, play it after they go to bed. If you can, if you have that time, play it when they're taking a nap, play it when they go to bed, play it through one time through to see if it's okay, and then introduce them to it. You know, I, you know, while my son was familiar with Zelda, I didn't let him play one hands-on until Link's Awakening came out for the Switch. And I handed him the controller day one and said, you play it. This is yours. I want you to enjoy this. And he played it for 10 minutes and then asked to play Mario Odyssey. So, <laughs> that, <laughs> um, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's all about just your parenting style, how you want to handle that. And, and it, as far as balancing it, just knowing that there are things that have to come first. You know, this again, getting a little maybe outside of the zone here, but if your if your kid has anger issues, you know that you can deal with it by okay, well, you know this is some. If you get angry playing video games, then we're not going to let you play video games until you learn how to control that, and we'll give it to you in smaller doses and what stuff like that. But it, that's yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Luke has a question and i think that this question is going to be basically just for me because i don't think that you guys have uh, have played metroid prime federation force but luke asks do you think that federation force and triforce heroes are spiritually the same game this is a great question and actually i've actually alluded to this before on the uh, omega metroid show where i i actually 100 percent agree with this i think that both of these games are like very they're very similar. They share a lot of DNA, but um, maybe maybe Federation Force is a is a bigger sinner. So basically, these are both 3DS games. They're both uh, giant departures from the regular style of gameplay that the Zelda and Metroid series, respectively, was known for. They're very much focused on multiplayer, and they are not up to the same level of polish as a lot of the the other games in the series. I think that Federation Force is actually like like 10 times the game that Triforce Heroes is. I, I think Triforce Heroes gives Zelda a bad name. Or like, I just think that Federation Force was extremely mediocre. And, um, you know, the problem with that game is that it was announced during a dry period for Metroid games. We were in the midst of, a, of an eight-year drought between, you know, Samus Returns and, and Metroid Other M. Um, so a lot of people just didn't appreciate the timing of that. Whereas... You know, I, I think that a lot of people didn't appreciate the direction and style of game that uh, that was Triforce Heroes. So I, I think that they share a lot of the same kind of DNA, if you will, where they're both um, they're they're both kind of the black sheep of their respective franchises. And, uh, you know, circumstances outside of the actual gameplay itself maybe contributed to their reputation. Although I will say that I think that Triforce Heroes is, is actually like a horrible game. <laughs> So, sorry, Allison. So, yeah. Did any of you guys ever play Federation Force? I can't imagine you nope. did. I listened to a podcast on it once. What was that <laughs> podcast called? Uh, it was probably it was probably episode 16 of the Omega Metroid podcast, oh, Federation Force episode Disaster. 16. It, it was episode 16, actually. I gave a nice little woo at the very Love beginning. Love it. All right. Reed Thomas asks... Uh, what game do you think has the best story? Quick answers only. David, Sky what do you say? Skyward Sword. Allison? Skyward Sword. Make it three. Skyward Sword. Uh, and I I don't think it's even close. No, nope, not. Honestly. No, it's not. No. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, Damon from the social media team asks, have any of you played The Legend of Zelda Parallel Worlds, the fan remake of A Link to the Past? Quick answers nope. only? <laughs> Yeah, quick answers only. No. No. Nope. Sorry. Although, by God, we might have to if we don't get some Zelda news here quickly. <laughs> right? we're, we're, we're rapidly running out of things to talk about on the Champions <laughs> cast here. Um, okay, so we were we were humming and hawing this, and before David uh, agreed to, to lend his expertise to our show this week, he asked a very loaded question. 
Mr. David Wayne Nystrom asks, what is the most underrated and overrated Legend of Zelda title? And I'm going to let you guys answer first, but I do want to uh, give a little caveat here. I don't think that there is a such thing as an overrated Zelda game necessarily. There's there's kind of a, a diplomatic answer and a, and a spicy answer here. So like the diplomatic answer, which I think is actually the correct answer, is like I think that all Legend of Zelda games are like either good or very good or excellent in their own regards. So like I don't think that one of them is overrated. Like the like the worst Zelda game is still a really good game. Um, so I I don't know that I would say like overrated in the sense of like you know this game has sold a million uh, bajillion copies and like people say it's the best ever i think that every game that has these accolades it probably deserves it but i'll give you the spicy answer in a second here but uh david why don't you give us your your opinion on this since you were the uh, the one who asked this dubious question sure so i'm in the same camp i i mean i write all zelda games on a scale of eight to ten they're you know they're all great to me so it's within to me when i asked it i was thinking within the zelda canon what is the most overrated most underrated so my most underrated to me and i've actually kind of alluded to it at least twice so far is zelda 2 i think there is so much good stuff in that game it just gets bogged down because of its because of its age and its and it, and its gameplay style and i think a lot of people overlook it because of that and you know it's it's one of the things that's held me back from you know playing it multiple times it's just because it's it's so different it's such a ta- it's such a different thing but i think it's undeservedly you know crapped upon because of that um right and then my over most overrated and both i have two answers and they're both hot takes um breath of the wild and majora's mask oh and Ugh. i know Yikes. i know they're i again again all zelda games eight to ten they're all great they're all fantastic I just, I, I, I love, and I love both of those games. They're both in my top 15 easily <laughs> of 21. So, but <laughs> I, I just, I think everybody, you know, saying that, you know, Breath of the Wild, that, that one specifically stands out in my mind because of recency bias is I, I i look at it compared to my top three which are you know uh, ocarina time wind waker and a link link's awakening and i just i can't i can't justify ever reaching those in my mind like yes it did some amazing stuff and i love that game and it's fantastic and you know, like i said i've i've done all 900 korok seeds it's it's there i've been there i've spent hours in it i just uh it just i i can't i can't justify any world where it comes above those to me and that's that is what i why i think it's just overrated it's because so many people do they put it above those and i just i can't i can't i can't do it (laughs) so hot take uh thanks for having me on i'll never be back but uh any anybody still listening that didn't shut the show off after that uh you can you can hear allison's hot takes here allison what do you think um it's kind of hard to say. I feel like a lot of Zelda games are rated like exactly where they should be. Maybe I think pre-Switch uh, release Link's Awakening and then Minish Cap are probably pretty underrated. I feel like I don't hear a lot of people talk about it until I came to Zelda Dungeon. Um, so I would say those two. Um, and then overrated Zelda title. I wouldn't say it's overrated. I just don't understand the hype and the animosity that I receive, I don't even want to think about Andy, but the animosity that I get when I say that I don't really care for Twilight Princess and I get, I sometimes get, like, attacked by people (laughs) who get really upset when I say that. So, I wouldn't say it's overrated. I think people, normal people think it's, like, where exactly where it should be, but sometimes there's just a lot of love for that game that I don't understand. (laughs) Right. You know, we were talking earlier about how a lot of people like got into the Zelda series with Ocarina of Time. I actually think that there are probably about as many people now, like now that the years have passed, that first got into Zelda with Twilight Princess because that was like the big game for the Wii. And like, you know, for, for people that are 20, 21 years old, the Wii was probably their first console and Zelda would probably, or Twilight Princess would probably have been their first Zelda. So I, I can at least understand that. Um, you know, underrated, of course, Minish Cap. 
I think that that's the most underrated game in the series. I think it's one of the most underrated games, like, in general. Um, and I don't know why. It's it's so good. And I think that it's, like, a... I think that it's a quality over quantity thing. Because I think people see that it only has five dungeons. And they're just like, oh, that's not very much. Even though that the dungeons are, like, really awesome. Um, I, I think that it just has a really great world. Uh, I, I mean, you, you guys have heard me talk about Minish Cap before. So I won't spend a lot of time there. Like I said, there's no overrated games necessarily, but just in terms of, of putting on a good show here, I'll give my spicy answer. And actually, we had we had a war about this last night in the Champions Cast uh, Discord channel, and this might be blasphemous of me to say, but if I had to pick them, I think A Link to the Past is probably... It gets a lot of love. You know what? And I... That's fair. I, I, yeah. I You know, I, I don't get it, and... I don't know if it's because I played Ocarina of Time first and then A Link to the Past, but you know it's it's a it's an incredibly solid game. Like the the foundations are solid, but to me it's just like I don't know. It's just it's kind of bland. And anybody that didn't shut the show off after David's tirade <laughs> definitely just shut the show off now. But it's just I don't know. It has it has a ton of dungeons, but like, do any of them really stick out? Like to me, not really. No, they're just kind of short. They're, they're you blitz through them really fast. There's not really any great puzzles. Like, like even in even in Link's Awakening, you have like the great puzzles of Eagle's Tower or Catfish's Maw. Where like, in Link to the Past, I I don't know. It's it's just kind of, it's very flat for me. Like the whole game, it looks flat. Um, you know, people make fun of me all the time because color is such a big thing to me. But like. It's, it's kind of like a drab-looking game, I feel like, in a lot of areas. Not in all areas, but in a lot of them. Particularly when you get to the Dark World, and I can hear people being like, oh, it's the Dark World, of course. But, like, come on. I think that... I don't know. I, I think that all of the 2D games that came after it just improved upon it to such an extent that, to me, it's just like... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But, uh, you know what? That's That's perfectly fine. I still think that it's a great game. We have zero listeners left here, guys, but let's keep, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> All right, so Judy is back with another question. Actually, your first question. What am I talking about? <laughs> is Zelda lore important to you as a fan of the series? Um, I say kind of. I think that I think that the lore within game is very important. If it's like the lore of the overall series, it can be important, but I, I don't like when... I don't like when things are over-explained, uh, which is what, again, I feel like the timeline did with the whole downfall, grown-up, child business. I, I just think that that's the kind of lore that I don't like, but I, I do like kind of the world-building origin lore. Like, I love seeing the origin of the Master Sword, and I love seeing kind of how Hyrule was created in Ocarina of Time, and I, and I loved kind of, you know, the, the hints that you got about Majora's Mask. And, and everything like that and i loved um just like the even the the shrine in um uh the southern shrine in Link's awakening like that's that's the kind of like small stuff that i like i don't i don't like the overarching like stuff necessarily as much but um so i, I don't know i think my answer would be kind of what about you guys i am 100 I, I like i i love lore like it's probably one of the biggest things that's gotten me into this series because i love speculating I love knowing things and then getting a new Zelda game like Breath of the Wild and like seeing stuff and being like, oh my gosh, this connects, this connects, this connects, this connects. And this is coming from somebody who's like, who has like read Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, The Silmarillion, and like connected everything. I just love doing that. That's probably my favorite thing about storytelling is connecting stuff. So I like the overarching stuff. I love the timeline. And... So, yes, lore is important to me in the Zelda universe. It's a huge deal I'm, to me. I'm right there with you. I love it. I eat that up. I will eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner six times a day. I would, I, yeah. Six times I, a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm diabetic. I have to keep my sugars up throughout the gotcha. day. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would do it. Yes, I love Zelda lore. It is vastly important to me. And, uh, yes, that's, yes. All right, let's move on. Uh, Mason asks, in accordance with the anniversary coming next year, 
do you think the only game to drop on the Switch for Zelda will be Breath of the Wild 2? Or are you thinking there will be other games, and if so, which ones and why? Well, Mason, I think that uh, originally it probably would have made a lot of sense to have Skyward Sword come out for the 35th anniversary of Zelda. However, Hmm. um, you know, COVID has certainly, I think, taken a lot of of games developments and releases and uh, thrown it into a blender, as it were. So, you know, I I think that the chances were decent that we might have got Breath of the Wild 2 this year uh, or early next year in 2020. And I'm not sure that that is the case anymore. So, um, you know, I, I mean, the answer is who knows? Like, I think if anything else, uh, Skyward Sword would be, you know, the game to come out. But I, I also don't see Breath of the Wild 2 and Skyward Sword releasing within the same year. Uh, probably not even within the same couple of years, since you got to figure that there's going to be DLC for Breath of the Wild 2. So, um, you know, I don't know. Could I see another, like, small little remake game or a small little side game like Cadence of Hyrule? Um, maybe. I think maybe more likely it would be like a phone game or something kind of simple and digestible like that to to kind of augment Breath of the Wild 2. I think that'll be the big game for 2021, assuming, hopefully, that it comes out in 2021. But, um, you know, I guess we won't know until we until we see anything. I think with, with all the delays and, and things that have happened because of COVID, I think absolutely. And I think you would see Skyward Sword remade and it wouldn't shock me to see the Oracle games remade. Um, I, if, if Nintendo wants to go big for the 35th anniversary or whichever one it is, yeah, 35th. Um, what, if they really want to go big, hit it out of the park. Breath of the Wild 2 and Zelda, Zelda HD remaster, whatever you want to call it, of Skyward Sword and the two Oracle games. And functionally, then that Skyward Sword serves as the third quote-unquote game in the oracle series instead of that wonderful game that we that we could have had with oracle of secrets or right that's a lot of games for one year my ideal perfect world well that's that's definitely going big all right allison what do you um, think i actually find it really hard to believe breath of the wild 2 is coming out next year i'm so sorry but with everything that's going on and with how I personally feel the world is moving right now, I think it's going to get delayed even longer. Um, Skyward Sword HD would be like the smart you would think it's going to happen, but I also don't think so. I'd personally like to see, and I know this is going to be like, people are going to be like, ah, oh, we've already had these games, blah, 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 but I'd like to see another collector's edition. Um, that came out like the one that came out with the GameCube, but with games like um, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, uh, HD, both the HD versions, maybe Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3D being ported to the Switch. Uh, I don't know if I'm feeling that, but uh, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, I'm not complaining as long as we get a new Zelda game. Um, all right, we are we are almost to the end here. We just got a couple more to get through. Uh, Luke is back with another great question. Now that Nintendo has finally partnered with Lego, and of course he is referring to that pretty cool uh, Super Mario uh, NES Lego set that you can buy, uh, would you want to see a Lego Zelda game? Would it be a brand new game or a remake of an existing game? I would love to see a Lego Zelda game. I, I wouldn't want it remade. I would want a brand new adventure kind of in the vein of all the other Lego games that already exist, like Lego Batman, like Lego like whatever. Uh, I think that that would be great. I think that that would be very charming. I think that those games are like they're fun for what they are. Uh, I, I basically I would be okay seeing the formula that they use for all those games, but just seeing it with a Zelda coat of paint on it. And uh, you know, I don't hold the Zelda series so sacred that I wouldn't want to see it expand out to new audiences like this. Um, I was also championing that we should do like like Zelda and Rabbids the sequel to Mario Rabbids. I thought that that would be really great. So uh, I would love to see Zelda and just Nintendo games in general, um, Lego games. What do you, what do you guys think? I think that would be a lot of fun. Like uh, I, for some reason I was just imagining a Zelda Lego game and I, I was always a big fan of the, the Lego Harry Potter, Lego Lord of the Rings, those games. 
Um, but I was thinking of a Zelda Lego game and then having a reference to the Zelda Lego game be in a Lego movie, <laughs> which I think <laughs> would just be awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I'm also the same mind, Andy. I'm not so like um, high and mighty about the Zelda series that I wouldn't love to see some comedic value and have Link be trooping around in Lego form um, and, you know, saving the world. I think that'd be so much fun and fantastic. I think it would be fun. I, I think it would absolutely be fun. And I think what it should do is take that, uh, take take maybe the Zelda story and super simplify it and then just kind of poke fun at some of the things that we do take more seriously about it. Maybe, you know, lightheartedly just to, just to be that kind of, uh, that just, I don't know, comedic relief within the series more so than maybe maybe Triforce Heroes was intended to be or something like that. Right. Yeah, I uh, I think that it could be really good. I think that there's a lot of room in the Zelda series. Like, I mean, like even going back to the Zelda cartoon, like that was really funny. I think that like, or, or poke fun at the CDI games. I think that that could be great. Yes. Uh, I would love to see this. Uh, honestly, I yeah. would. Um, okay, I'm just going to skip to our last question here because we're running a little bit long. Uh, Tiberius asks, if you could choose from any five items from the Zelda series to aid in your career as a superhero, what would you choose and how would you use them? All right, so let's let's break this down. Oof. So the first items that I'm going to count as one are going to be the claw shots because I want to swing around like Spider-Man if I'm going to be a superhero. The second item that I'm going to pick is going to be the fire rod from Link's Awakening because that's going to do some long distance damage and uh, you know, it's just, it's really cool looking. Um, all right. The third item that I would pick, let's see, would be the gust jar because I could, you could almost borderline fly. And by God, when you see a lily pad sitting around, you can definitely use that <laughs> to, uh, to get yourself to and fro. Um, the fourth item would be the Megaton Hammer, because it's just like a really badass-looking hammer, and it's kind of Thor-esque, and uh, I think that that's pretty cool. And the fifth item would be the Beetle, because everybody needs a little companion. So there you go. That's my five items. Hell yeah. Um, okay, I would do... Oh, this one might be cheating a little bit, but I'd totally do the Sheikah Slate, because you can use mm. that for multiple things. It's like it's like having a smartphone, all right? So I'm already, on, I'm already ahead of the the times here i'd also choose the beetle because you could just like use it to you know um do things that are far away hit things like you know i'm thinking of an action movie going through lasers in like a museum or some crap um <laughs> i'd also like the grappling hook from wind waker and the boomerang from wind waker and let's see my last one probably the hammer from phantom hourglass could because it's like op as hell so those are my five. I'm going to go Pegasus boots and Rock's cape because I can use those together to almost fly and have super speed. So we're good there. Um, bombs because you just never know when you're going to need to blow something up. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to steal the Sheikah slate as well. Um, I mean, I'm keeping bombs separate. But Sheikah Slate, just for the sheer fact that I can make a motorcycle appear if I want it, or <laughs> I can teleport halfway across the world in a blink of an eye. Um, and then, you know what? Let's go with the boomerang. Um, but let's go with the boomerang from the original Link's Awakening since it was, you know, awesome and, and just Omega destroy everything god tier boomerang weapon. So, there you go. There you go. Solid. Very solid. And we hope that we delivered a very solid episode for you of the Champions Cast this week. Uh, thank you to everybody that flocked over to Facebook and asked questions. We really appreciate it. Uh, and make sure that you uh, keep going over there, commenting on everything and sharing and liking and uh, spreading the good word about this podcast. That's the best way to, uh, to help the show grow even more. So um, that's going to do it for us. After, uh, after all these questions, we're going to get on out of here and get back to A Link Between Worlds so that we can do it justice next week when we definitively rank all of the dungeons for it. 
Uh, David, thank you for joining us for this week. It was very fun. Yeah, my pleasure. I love being here. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, of course, David also helps out at the Virtual Theater Podcast, the podcast all about video game movies and stories that shape them. Uh, that's going to do it for us. We want you to check out the Champions Cast over on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe and like us on Facebook. Uh, you leave us a five-star review if you think that we have earned it. And tell your friends. Uh, tell that Zelda fanatic in their life where they can get their Zelda fix. Uh, you can check us all out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. David is at DaveWayne09. And uh, check out his, his side project, The Era Without a Hero, while you're there. Um, that's also over on Twitter. Um, that's going to do it for us. Until next week, everybody, we will see you then with some Link Between Worlds action. Uh, until then, have a good week. Thank you.